For the first time since 2013, Sky Blue, now Gotham FC, has qualified for the playoffs. Welcome to episode 23 of Soccer Over Gotham. We're your hosts, Ruby and Gary. This is our regular season award show. Ruby and I will break down Gotham's two games against Racing Louisville and give our takeaways. We will give our thoughts on Carly Lloyd's final home game. We will also look back at this crazy regular season and give our thoughts and awards. We will interview Adam from NWSL Field Vision to give a statistical breakdown of the Gotham season. We will also preview our playoff matchup on the road in Chicago. All right, without any further ado, let's go Gotham. Thanks for listening. Let's get on to the show. Ruby, feels like we just got started. Somehow we're at episode 23, and now we're doing playoff episodes. We picked a good season to start a podcast, didn't we? Heck yeah. Episode 23 already of Soccer Over Gotham. This is uh, such a crazy thing. Time flies when you're having fun, and I have to say, I've had so much fun doing this with you, Gary. I have to say, you're gold. This board needs someone like you. Thank you for bringing me along in this crazy ride. I really appreciate it. And yeah, this season has been the best season to get started with our podcast. Uh, we had so much drama, more drama than a Spanish <laughs> telenovela. <laughs> I mean, some good, some not so good. But I hope we're helping grow the sport. And thank you to everyone who has sticked around and listened to us and our random thoughts and our craziness. Yeah. Shout out to our listeners and all of our guests. I feel a connected mission to grow the sport together. So much love. Let's keep going. You know, please, if you can, you know, leave us a review. It helps us a lot in us moving up the algorithms. Heck yeah. Every little helps. So tell your kids, tell your grandma or whoever you want, but just let them know to listen to the podcast. It will help a lot. <laughs> and speaking of the podcast, we will have, by the time this episode is out, reached a thousand downloads. So Ooh. craziness. We're at like 985 at this point, but you know, I'm spiking the ball on the three yard line. We were, we're hitting that thousand by the time you guys listen to this. It's going to be great. Yeah. So we were the 84th in the American Soccer Podcast on iTunes in October, according to Chartable. I mean, it blows me away. We are getting started. Just can't wait to carry this into the off season and back next season. Probably by the time you listen to this, again, we will cross the thousand download mark absolute craziness you guys are the best thank you thank you and thank you for investing your time and energy in us ruby thanks for taking this journey with me no thank you for bringing me along and like you said we are just getting started and next season we'll have we are going to be in a in another level next season we're going to have more interviews more content we're going to start a youtube channel um more videos out there so everyone should stay tuned yeah, we're going to get our fans involved in this as well. We're going to see a lot more fan interviews and more fan content. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, all right, let's get to this two-game recap, shall we? Let's get to it. Okay, so the game breakdown. We're going to do things a little bit differently since we had two games that were, frankly, very similar. <laughs> so we'll discuss <laughs> kind of the major events. The roster highlights... Gotham was missing Dorsey for both these games due to concussion protocols. Eddie started in her place in both games. Freeman got the start in both games for the missing Johnson returning from international duty. Ruby, your thoughts on our lineups. I'm so sad we didn't get to see Dorsey in the last two games. But again, like you said, it was due to concussion protocols. So that's great. Let, let her rest. And whenever she's ready, we'll be ready for her to come back. Eddie on the first game, I was kind of doubtful, but on the second game, you can tell why she's there. So I'm happy to see her. And then Freeman, you know, I love Freeman. So I was I was very happy to see Freeman on the lineup and she's been killing it, even though she's been out for a while. Style icon, Mandy Freeman. <laughs> Heck yeah. yeah. I love to see those videos. <laughs> <laughs> she kills it. Yeah. So, you know, it's quite the predicament. Gotham has back-to-back games. Carly's playing in basically three games in quick succession. Gotham hasn't clinched at this point in the timeline. You have to maintain momentum. You can't burn out legs. And most importantly, you can't lose. Gotham just needs two points in these two games. When we get to Chicago, we'll know if we manage the roster the right way at this point. But let's get to the game recaps. We will do some takeaways from the two games itself and then give our overall thoughts. Starting with the first game in Louisville. Ruby, do you have any takeaways from the Thursday game? 
So third the game, Gotham started strong and leading on the scoreboard, which looked promising. And I thought we were going to win both games. Uh, we dominated the first game in most part for the first um, half. But somewhere in the end of the first half and throughout the second half, Gotham slowed down. Louisville has some dangerous players like Salmon. So trying to stay on, on top was going to be a task for the defenders, especially for Mandy, because, you know, she hasn't been around. So coming back and having to having the task to defend these dangerous players was going to be difficult for her. Gotham had a lot of opportunities to goal, but we were not able to finish. Yeah, clearly Gotham was the better team here. The first 30 minutes are all Gotham. They're passing all through racing. They're using mm-hmm. the wings and getting dangerous balls in. Gotham's pack schedule catches up with them. I mean, as you said, you know, like the 30th minute, even especially Lloyd, she is basically playing back-to-back games and she was clearly slowing down. But yeah. Parkinson said after the game that basically Carly is in charge of her minutes. <laughs> he said that in the post game that he asked Carly a couple times if she was good. And she looked at him like, don't you dare take me out. So <laughs> that's a problem, but you know, I get it. It doesn't necessarily hurt the results. Overall, a fair draw considering. A draw was not what I wanted, honestly, and not what we all expected because we were going against Louisville. We thought this were going to be two easy wins for us, and we were going to go right into the playoffs without having to wait for North Carolina game against Portland. But here we are. That's what we got. We got a draw, and we have to work with what we got and then move on to the final game. Yeah. This seemed to me poor roster management. We only used two subs. I mean, I get that we were going for the win, but Gotham was clearly gassed and not pressing as hard for the second half. Viennes didn't enter until like the 84th. Freeman, after being declared not 90 minutes fit last match, was clearly struggling towards the end. And like I said before, just being after being out most of the season and coming back to a full 90 was not ideal for her, but she did her best. Mm-hmm. Now moving on to what you said of when Viennes came in. I don't know what's going on with Viennes. You can tell she has a lot of potential. But she has not been able to capitalize. She's gotten good opportunities, but nothing has happened there. But I still have hope for Viennes. Yeah, me too. You know, overall, it's another point on the road. That's what good teams do. You win at home and you draw on the road. We have only lost two games on the road. And those were towards Freya's end of her reign there. Cr- crazy games. But we needed <laughs> two points from these two games and one point as frustrating as it was, you know, I'll take it. Not the worst result. Just really wanted to clinch and rest those legs. True. I wanted a win just to to clinch and kind of give everyone a rest. But whatever happened, happened. It just must be something in the water this season. We have gotten a, a lot of draws. I don't know what's going on, but I'm so glad we're able to go to the playoffs. Like you said, it's the first time since 2013. So that's huge for, for Gotham. This season has been a nail biter, but we got one point. I'll take one point, then no points. You got it. Let's move on to our second game on Sunday. Before we do, let's talk about Portland's game because that had implications on Gotham. As long as North Carolina did not beat Portland, Gotham would clinch the playoffs. And we got it. Uh, Tie 0-0. It was super nervy. It took us past midnight. What a moment. Again, first time since 2013. Sky Blue, Gotham clinches the playoffs. A momentous feeling. It was amazing. I was not able to watch the game, but I was following along and I was like refreshing that Google page like crazy. <laughs> I was like, refresh, refresh, refresh. And when we saw that, that you know, the results of the game, I was so freaking happy. I think 2021 is Gotham's year. You know, I built up this arsenal of Gotham clinching playoff memes. and <laughs> I got nervous. I wasn't going to be able to use them. Glad I was finally able to. <laughs> Uh, but you better start preparing new arsenal for the finals just in case (laughs) yeah i'm working on it (laughs) so let's get to saturday's matchup it was an absolute perfect day for Mm -hmm. soccer in harrison i love rba this was the kind of weather you can run in for hours just cool enough cloud nine showed up and had an incredible tifo i mean like a real work of art the detail and the grading was spectacular a tifo hall of fame type work when we get to our YouTube pages up, we're definitely going to do a behind-the-scenes look on how those TIFOs are made because they're so cool and they do such an amazing job. 
Yeah, it was so incredible. I got to Red Bull just in time for the reveal and Cloud9 knocked it out of the park with this one. Yes, we have to bring the content to see how they make them. I think it will be so interesting. Who comes up with the drafts? Who designs? What colors? That would be interesting. Let's do some takeaways. I thought Gotham was in control of a match in the first half, and it felt like Gotham was dialed back a bit. You know, having already clinched and playing for playoff positioning, I expected more attacking early. But Gotham, mm -hmm. again, was in control. I had forgotten that McCaskill was even playing until like the 70th minute or so. <laughs> Racing had nothing going forward. Racing had got maybe one shot off in the first half. Yeah, I think so. Me too. I didn't notice she was playing until later on. I was like, oh, there she is. <laughs> Same. <laughs> but, but yeah, I really thought we were going to win. But that did not happen. It was still really good. And I, I love how this game was intense, especially with Midge Purse. Like, th that was, that's my thought. Like, Midge Purse, like, wow. <laughs> yeah, she was incredible. In the second half, Gotham is basically cruising and they're still in control of this match. I think they already know that they're going to be playing Chicago. Long plays a great ball through to a streaking Eddie and she chips in a lofty ball to a perfect spot for Lloyd to just put away. It was a classic Lloyd goal, just beating everybody to the spot and just dominating. So good to see her get her goal in her last RBA game. And I was just glad to be there to see it. Yeah. And like you said, that was a totally classic goal from Carly Lloyd. And you can see the the chemistry that Eddie and Carly have built up throughout the season, especially in the last few games. And Eddie has such a great talent, and I'm so glad that we're able to see it now. She's played different positions throughout the season, but she mentioned that she's just happy to play anything. And I love that from her because she's willing to give it her best. But most importantly, she's being flexible. Possibly I was a little bit hard on her early in the season, but she showed up for these last two games and played pretty well. Yeah. Gotham absolutely dominated this match. Another match that feels like we should have gotten more out of it. 424 accurate passes to Racing's 192. 81% pass success to Racing's 63. Gotham had 63% possession. Seven corners to two. 14 shots to Racing's five. However, Gotham was not lethal nor threatening in the attacking third. Both teams created two big chances, and Gotham got only two shots on frame to Racing's three. Granted, Racing blocked five shots, and Gotham didn't block any. A rule of thumb on how Gotham is doing in the game is how deep the three attackers are on the pitch. So I felt like Lloyd, Anamano, and Purse were dropping far too bad to get the ball. Possession's a nice stat to have, but if you're not doing anything with it, then what good is it really? Red Bull fans know this all too well. Yeah, I agree with you on the possession part because let's say you have the least percentage possession of the ball, but you're able to capitalize on that and make goals. Like that's that's what wins games, you know, when mm -hmm. you when you score goals, not how much percentage you have the the ball. And yes, Gotham could have been more proactive and score another goal. It that has been the tell for for this season that we cannot make too many we haven't been able to make too many goals the last few games before Casey we were actually making goals we were making three goals per game so we thought something had changed but it has not really changed and now I'm gonna change a little bit subject and I hate to say this I hate to like bring referees in, into but this referee on this last game she needed glasses it was terrible that refereeing was terrible and some of these calls were BS. Yeah, I agree with you on those. Like I'm sitting again right by the six yard box as far as my sight line. And I could see the missing couple of offside calls that were pretty obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Final thoughts. Let's take a deeper dive into these games. Any final takeaways, Ruby? My final takeaway, I still believe that was not a handball. From where I was sitting, it didn't, didn't look like a handball. I'm going to say it wasn't a handball. It shouldn't have been a PK. And Sheridan did her best trying to guess that ball, but she wasn't able to guess right. And Louisville just got lucky. It did feel like a soft penalty. From my view, it looked like it could have been a 50-50. It possibly mm -hmm. hit her hand. It possibly hit her foot. But Well, it is what it is. <laughs>
Gotham has an incredible keeper. Sheridan is amazing, and I'm just sad she wasn't able to get it. Heck yeah, we have such a great goalkeeper. By the way, about 35 minutes ago, she was given save of the week. So congrats to Sheridan on that save of the week. Uh, mm-hmm. It was for the first game against Louisville. Yeah, Harris didn't play, so that's why she won. <laughs> what happened to Harris? I haven't seen her play. Like, Well, I mean, besides they're not making it to the playoffs, but I haven't seen her play for a while. You know, I want to talk again about the cards and fouls. So those two mm-hmm. games were really chippy. I felt Louisville got away with some cards in the first game, at least the first game, and they took down Midge every time she took on a defender, and I'm still not sure how their center backs didn't get see a second yellow for persistent infringement. Side note, it's amusing slash annoying that Carly is, <laughs> and I'm making up a word here, uncardable. <laughs> Cardable. <laughs> Midge gets a card for showing, quote, disrespect to the game by dropping the F-bomb at a ref, which, you know, I, I get it, but it seems like Lloyd, if she doesn't take her cleat off and beat somebody with it, she's not going to get a card. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's in our favor, but I get no ref is going to card Carly in his sec- her send-off game. It just is what it is. Yeah, you're right. At this point, no one's going to give her a card like, okay, she's retiring. Like, just give her a break. <laughs> honestly, like, I don't know what's going on, honestly, but whatever it is going on with Carly, as long as she doesn't get a card, we're good. It kind of works on our favor. And don't judge me, but I had to Google on cardable and I can confirm that is not a word. But I mean, we can put it in the dictionary now on cardable. Carly Lloyd cannot get carded. You pulled the Scrabble challenge. <laughs> right. Uh, 40 point word. <laughs> yeah. Good news is we are still undefeated under our new coach. Super impressive. Eight games on beaten streak going into the playoffs. Five of them are draws. The less than good news is that Gotham went from having three games in hand and a shot at the shield to essentially needing help crossing the line. That's not ideal. Being honest here, KC is not on our level. Louisville is Mm -hmm. not on our level. Well, at least they shouldn't be. All three Mm -hmm. games, Gotham scored first and dropped points from leading positions. I'm glad we're in, but I'm still we're still having trouble breaking down teams that sit in on us. That's what teams do in the playoffs, frankly. And we didn't look lethal when racing came out to play in the second half of the first match. End of the season, every player is tired. We still have to find ways to open up games. Somebody has to rise up and make a play. I'm not sure who that is going to be at this point, but it is what it is. What is your stat of the week, Ruby? Before my side of the week, going to what you were talking about, just having draws three games in a row. If history repeats itself and we had we have another draw during the playoffs, we're gonna have to go to penalties or extra time. Hopefully, it doesn't get to that. Hopefully, we can actually win the game without having to go to extra time or penalties, because we need our players to have top performances in the next in next game. So hopefully. We win this one and not draw. Now, my stat of the week, and we've talked about her many times during the show, and she's just a powerhouse, Allie Long. And thanks to Area Sports Network for the stat on Twitter. This is Allie Long 2021 NWCL season, and this is how she closes the season. 91% passing accuracy, 1,238 total passes, 1,126 successful passes, 54.1 passes per 90 minutes, 23 games played, and 23 starts. She only missed one game, and that's because of the card accumulation. But this is incredible for Ali Long. That's an insane amount of passes and an insane amount of passing accuracy. She's a machine. Yeah. So my stat, five losses on the season. The least of any team in the league, one less than the Shield winner Portland. On the other side, uh, 11 draws on the season. The closest team to us were the bottom three teams at seven each. So we got to find ways to win games and fast. (laughs) Let's get to our player of these two games. What do you got, Ruby? This has been really difficult for me because I I didn't think anyone really stood out for me. But for the first game... I'm going to have to say Gina. She was great for me in the first game. 
I I love her her hustle. She's always like so dependent, like dependable, and she's always there. Then for our second game, I'm gonna go with someone new, and that's gonna be Eddie because I feel like Eddie has been one of the players that have showed her development and how she's progressed in the game, and it shows in the last couple of games. So those are my two players. I'm gonna go with Sheridan for just for the both games. I think she had a, a save of the week for both games essentially and we're not in any of these games that she doesn't make those two say it so ultimately we're here because she kept us in all right what we came here for the end of the regular season award show Woo! all right red red carpet yes. <laughs> before we get to the regular season awards i'm gonna quiz you ruby oh shoot two players <laughs> played all 24 games who are those two players hold on i'm gonna say gina first mm-hmm. and maybe Didasco. you got one correct one correct <laughs> all right you tell me all right it was Didasco was one okay and it was Anamanu and the other oh really yeah that's awesome she played every single game this year end of the season reward show five categories defender attacker midfielder unsung hero and team mvp Let's go to it. Let's do Defender of the Year first. Twitter toes Didasco, 74%. She ran away with it. Ruby, do you agree? I agree with Twitter 100%. Totally agree. She has been NWSL Player of the Month for three times in a row. So that just speaks volumes to her talent. She's the most consistent player in the team. So yes, Didasco. Yeah, I'm going to read off a couple of names to you. Haran, Brian. Marta, Purse, Mewis, Pew, Rodman, Daly, and Fishlock. What do they have in common? Other than being incredible soccer players, they all finished below Caprice in the FOTMOB player ratings. The only defender to make the top 10, it's Didasco, coming off a third ACL reconstructive surgery. Absolutely amazing. Hashtag Caprice for NWSL MVP. She's crushing it. Attacker of the season. Twitter says, let's see here. Attack of the season was Purse at 55% and Anamano at 40%. Do you agree? This one's a hard one for me because they're both incredible. Mitch Purse closed out her season with nine goals and that's great. But I think Mitch Iffy was the one who stepped up when Mitch wasn't around. So I think uh, Iffy deserves that. Yeah, I got Iffy. She put this team on her back when she had no help. Purse was hurt. Lloyd was off of the national team. She played in every game, scored late goals in the middle of the season, just saving us points. There's no way we aren't where we are without her. And even now, she's doing all the dirty work that makes Purse and Lloyd stand out and get theirs. She might be my MVP. Mm-hmm. Midfielder of the season. Twitter says long. She ran away with it. Do you agree? Totally agree. I'm going to kind of refer back to my stats. I'm not going to say them because they were long. But just based on those stats, yes, Ellie Long deserves it. Yeah, it's Long for me. You know, I'll be honest here. A little while back, I didn't rate Long that high for a while. I saw her on the national team, but for some reason, she never really jumped out to me. That was until I got to see her play in person at RBA with Seattle. She absolutely dictated the game, the tempo, Mm -hmm. where the game was being played. She took smart fouls on both sides of the ball and was just masterful. I walked away with it going, I'm super impressed with her. I, and then when I heard that she was traded to us, I got super excited. I thought she fit Freya's system to a T, and I was not proven wrong. An incredible season. Again, 91% completion percentage. Everything Gotham does goes through her. Incredible season. Yeah, she's great. When she was traded to Gotham, I was also excited because I knew she was a national team former player, and that was great for us. But I think when she was in a national team, she didn't really get that many minutes. She was more like a sub when she was in a national team. And I don't know why, because she's amazing. Two more to go. Unsung hero of the season. Twitter chose Harachich over Johnson, Kawasumi, and Dorsey. She got 50% of the voting. Do you agree? Wow, Didi. I agree with them, but I also have to say that Gina has been an unsung hero for the team. She doesn't get enough praise for what she does. She's she's a machine as well. Like she's 
the side tackle queen. I have a video that I have to repost again. Like she's a she's a monster. I agree with you. If I had five choices for this Twitter poll, Lewandowski put it on there, and I might have. If I was voting, I might have voted for her. But looking back over it, the games that Didi played for us, she came up big time, and she stepped yeah. up when we needed her. This was so tough, but I have to give it to the Didi for this one. Last award MVP Twitter. They chose Didasco 50%, Purse 22, Anamano 19, 9% for long. Who do you got? Yeah. MVP, MVP. <laughs> and this was another tough one because our team has great players, but I have to agree with Twitter once again. Didasco, amazing job this season. Like, how can she not be the MVP of this team? And in the MWSL overall, she's just amazing. And I have to say that some of these polls that you posted, I had to just put an answer because I wanted to see the percentages, how the poll was going. (laughs) I'm still not sure. I'm still vacillating between Iffy and Didasco. It's honestly a coin flip for me. But, you know, I'm going to just give it to Iffy for what we talked about earlier. She put the team on her back when it was needed. Those games mid-season where she scored the 83rd minute against Racing Louisville and in the 70th minute in Houston in that heat in the middle of the season away at Houston, those games, if she did not score those goals late, we would not be in the playoffs. Those performances are what put her above and beyond for me. Could easily have given it to Dijasco, but I'm going with Iffy for crazy moments you, she yeah and you're right because if she wouldn't have scored those goals during that time i think we would be in a totally different place right now we probably wouldn't have to make another episode but thanks iffy now we're making another episode <laughs> that's it folks at this point we're going to talk about our matchup it's win or go home up to three games left we will be on the road for all three of them first up is a road trip to chicago here is what you need to know chicago is getting hot at the right time They've won four of their past five. Chicago won their last four home games. On the other side, Gotham also has a great road record, only losing twice. Gotham has played Chicago three times this season and has not lost. There's a one, two to one win and two zero zero draws. Ruby, your thoughts on this matchup? Heck yeah, we're going to Chicago and we're going to beat them. That's what we're going to do. I don't know if you've seen on Twitter, but there's been like an admin war again between Gotham and the Chicago yeah, Twitter epic. admins. It's it's pretty interesting. <laughs> so I love that. But this game will be interesting because this is Parkinson's hometown and he has some insight of what Chicago can do. So this is good for us and we have to take advantage of this. But like we've seen in the past, we cannot assume. We don't know what they're going to do because we really don't know and just do our best out there. Hopefully, if we can get another win like we did in the past, I would say 2-1. That would be great. That would be my dream. Let's go Gotham. Let's win. This is a tough road we have ahead of us. It's If yeah. we somehow make it past Chicago, we have a nightmare of a matchup against Portland on the road. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. What I will say is as long as you don't give up goals, you always have a chance. And Gotham has given up 0.9 goals per match, third in the league, tied with Washington and just below Portland. You do that, you always have a chance. We match up well against Chicago, and I felt over those three games, Chicago was not really that threatening. The matchup I'm looking at is Gina versus the Red Hot Pew. So far, Gina has won that matchup, and I hope it continues. I think bottling up Pew is the key here. Other than that, Lloyd has to step up. She's the player on the field with the most experience. She's lifted World Cups because she can rise to a level that few players in the world can rise to. This is her swan song. She's going to play every minute from here on out. She's in that 10 spot. For better or worse, we're going to live or die by her sword. We will go as far as she will take us. Somebody has to put this team on their shoulders and put the ball in the back of the net. Is it Iffy, Midge, or Carly? Who's going to rise? Let's go Gotham. Let's go. Any random thoughts, Ruby? Earlier today, I went to TJ Maxx. Guys, don't go to TJ Maxx. Like, I was going to TJ Maxx for a leash for my dogs. And I came out with this little scent things for my house to put around the house. I came out with dog onesies for Christmas. <laughs> and <laughs> what else did I get? Oh, and, and I got a sweater for myself. 
but I didn't even get a leash. It's kind of like Target. Like, yeah, that's my random thought for today. I got Christmas onesies for my dogs, so I'm getting prepared for Christmas already. Yeah, Target tells you what to purchase. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say one more thing about the playoffs. Playoffs are a complete crapshoot. The best team doesn't always win. Any team has a good shot as any other. You just have to win three games in a row. It's not impossible for a team that hasn't lost in eight games. We got a chance. Only positive vibes from here on out. Let's get that trophy. I guess we have to stay positive and just bring these good vibes to the players. I bet they're pretty stressed right now and happy at the same time because they're doing things that this team hasn't done in a while since 2013. So all the good vibes to them. Random thought. Let's see. We just got the trailer for the Star Wars Boba Fett show. It's starting in December, late December, and it'll be essentially nonstop Star Wars shows and movies from here to eternity. The nerd in me is very excited. I'm a huge Ahsoka Tano fan. I don't know what you're talking about, but that's amazing. <laughs> I have not watched a Star Wars movie. I don't really plan on doing it, but yeah. maybe one day. But let me tell you, I started watching Squid Games, and I'm in episode five, and so far, it's been good. It's crazy. This... Yeah, it's so crazy. I'm like, are you serious? This, this is what's happening? I'm where they're doing the tug of war. Oh, gosh. And I was like, oh, my God. They're so going to lose. Like, they have this guy with no fingers. They have the they have the the, the grandpa. And they have two girls. Doesn't matter that two girls, but we know girls are not as strong as guys. So I was like, oh my God, they're totally going to lose. But again, it's all about strategy. And the show has been so great yes. <laughs> so far. Yes, it doesn't get any less crazy. <laughs> all right, everyone. So we are going to interview Adam from NWSL Field Vision, which is a really cool stat site. So we're going to break down this season even further with some crazy stats. Before we go, I just want to point out that Chicago deep dish pizza stinks. Heck yeah, lasagna. <laughs> As John Stewart says, it's not pizza, it's a casserole. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go, Gotham. 3 p.m. Sunday. I will see you all on Twitter at Over Gotham Pod. Rate us on iTunes. Let's go. Let's go. Woo! Let's go. <laughs> All right. Welcome back, listeners. Uh, I want to point out one thing before we get to the interview. Fans, uh, go find Cloud9 on Twitter at Cloud9Goth. There will be two watch parties for Sunday's game, one in New York and one in New Jersey. I'm too far away but I to go, but have fun with the best supporters group in the league. But back to the show. We aren't done breaking down this season. We are now going to take a deep dive into the statistical analysis of Gotham's season and see what we can learn from it. To do so, I've brought on Adam of NWSL Field Vision to sort through all of this. So welcome, Adam, to the show. Thank you so much, Gary. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. So, Adam, so before we get to the breakdown, so tell us, our listeners, about kind of your love for soccer and stats. Yeah. So I... I love the game of soccer. It's been something that has been honestly a probably an unhealthy amount part of my life. But uh, it was something I, I grew up playing soccer and played all the way up through Division Three soccer in Indiana. Um, and then I was lucky enough to you know work for a couple organizations you know out of college. And then I just kind of wanted to stick around and you know keep keep in touch with the community because it's an awesome space to be in. So I uh, I'm normally a data analyst in my normal nine to five job. So I was like, all right, why not? combine these two things and um you know it was during the pandemic so i was like all right let's try out a new project that might potentially not only help me you know you know better my data skills but also potentially might be something cool for people to see and help grow the you know the understanding of data within you know the soccer space for for fans out there yeah and, and so you said you were from chicago and you moved to new york and you are a chicago red stars fan which is interesting and tell us how that became the thing yeah, so I'm sorry to be a Chicago Red Stars fan on the Gotham Pod <laughs> at this at this very moment. So I'm a uh, I'm in a enemy territory at the moment. But uh, but but yeah, no, honestly, the Gotham fans that I've met have been wonderful. So uh, no, I've appreciated that. But my origin story actually started right out of college when 
you know, I was one of those people who wanted to work in sports. And so um, I got connected through, you know, some uh, former internship you know, uh, connections and was able to be an intern for actually the Red Stars uh, with, you know, the summer right out of college. I was like a, you know, marketing um, type sponsorship type intern. And so I was kind of helping with, you know, doing the field boards and, you know, sometimes the, the halftime, you know, performances and things like that, just to make sure that our sponsors were happy and things like that and help team, you know, keep the revenue streams flowing into the team. So uh, I wasn't a, a big part of the team, but it was an amazing experience. And, and you know, the people within the Red Stars organization are, are awesome, awesome people. So, yeah, it was a really, really fun summer. Yeah. And, and why women's soccer for you? It's it's interesting, obviously, being, um, you know, a male myself, that it's obviously very dominated generally in terms of soccer comparing, you know, men and women. So it's it's space that not really I feel like many people know about. So I feel like especially in terms of data and statistics that it's just not really, you know, talked about or discussed or necessarily reported on as well. And so um, I honestly just love the passion of the fans and. I think that the players are really great and we're really fortunate enough that at least in my eyes, like one of the best leagues in the world is right here in the United States. So it's kind of just fortunate that we are able to see this, you know, the high level of play here. So yeah, it was just kind of an easy attraction to watch these great players and, you know, easily become fans of not only great players, but also, you know, like, for example, take a Yugi who's just like a wonderful person in general as well. So it's just, it's easy to, you know, um, you know, look up to these players as well. Yeah. As this league grows, it's good to see people like yourself taking an interest and helping grow the league in any way that we can, because obviously the resources just aren't there. That's why podcasts are important. Local, local news is important. So thank you for doing what you're doing. You're providing a great service. Oh yeah, of course. So yeah, well, thank you to you as well. I'm, uh, I've listened to a couple of the episodes in preparation for the show and uh, you, you do some great content here. So that's awesome. Thank you. That's awesome. So what are you doing when you're not stat crunching? Yeah. Yeah. So this honestly sounds ridiculous and I, I probably should cut down some things, but uh, I have a normal nine to five. Uh, I'm an analytics manager for like a digital uh, consulting company. Um, and then I also have a part-time job as a youth programs coach with the uh, MLS team in the New York side, the NYCFC. Uh, cool. So I kind of coach uh, the youth kids over there, which is kind of fun. Um, that kind of filters into the academy. And then <laughs> in addition to that, I'm also in grad school. So um, I'm studying to get my master's in data science as well at uh, Northwestern University. So these, a little, these, little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah, these days are packed. Yeah, so, it's it's incredible. Yeah, getting over to stats. Uh, they say stats don't lie and they say stats don't tell the whole story. Are those accurate in your estimation? I would agree. Uh, I mean, coming from a data person, it's awesome and I love stats, but it's not the entire story. And you kind of, especially in soccer where there's so much fluidity, um, there's a lot more variables at play. Like you need to understand not only the the data that, you know, that's showing from the actions that are appearing on the field, but you also have to connect that with, you know, the game film and what you're seeing and the connections between players and understanding more of the qualitative qualitative side of things as well. So yeah, data is important as well, but there's a nice marriage kind of between that and, and understanding the game film that's occurring. Yeah. And asking for a friend, uh, a friend who may not have a full grasp on how expected stats are determined. Can you explain how that works? Yeah. So I think generally it's commonly an expected goal and expected sis, but they all kind of revolve around a single action generally, which is mm -hmm. a shot, which is normally just a shot taken where a player tries to score and hopefully, you know, the ball ends up on target. And at that point, when the ball is on target, then the system normally will register. Okay. There are a few variables that go into it, like the location of the shot. If, you know, it's off of a corner, you know, if it's a volley, basically trying to determine how difficult the shot is and basically producing a probability or like a chance, you know, if it's like a 50, 50 chance, if it's only about 20% chance where if you take a hundred percent or like a hundred shots, only about 20 of them will go in and basically just giving a probability of what is, are the chances of the shot going into the net? And so, it, you know, it's tough when there's a lot of variables at play and so they're not always accurate, but it gives us a really good read 
of understanding the quality of a shot. And I think that that's kind of the more important takeaway to understand, you know, expected goals, but then also expected assists to understand the quality of a, sh- of a pass leading up to a shot as well, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so you do, you, do, you put a lot of stock in those expected goals, expected assist stats. I definitely do. And of course, like I said before, it's not something where you can simply put in, you know, one expected goals value and just assume that that will explain everything. You have to, you know, look at other data and look at the game film as well to kind of understand the entire picture. But in terms of, you know, if you're looking at individual stats, it's probably one of the more powerful ones out there um, to understand exactly what is a team, not only on the offensive side, creating like what, what quality chances are they creating, but on the defensive side, are they minimizing, you know, quality chances and are they reducing the amount of, you know, opportunities that the other team, uh, you know, has to score on your team as well? Yeah. And so let's get further down in the stats. So I'm all about telling stories. It's kind of what we do on the podcast. We tell the story of the game and how we see it. But please give us some statistical analysis of Gotham's season and like what sticks out for you. Right. Yeah. So I do have a couple of points and it might be easiest to kind of like start from the back. We'll start with the goalie and then we'll kind of move ourselves forward. Uh, Gotham has actually done really well in terms of the back line. Uh, they've they're third in the NWSL so far this season in terms of clean sheets. So eight games so far this season, they've let up zero goals, which has been pretty awesome and pretty spectacular. And Kayleen Sheridan is, <laughs> to say the least, she's been quite impressive, like quite impressive, honestly, um, because she is uh, first in the league in save percentage. So of 89% of the shots that she has faced, she saved 89% of those. So it's, it's crazy that <laughs> she's been able to like be such a force back there, um, which is just wild because it's the, in terms of the shots that she's faced, she's faced some really high quality shots, which is another point that we'll get to here in a sec, but uh, Gotham does let up a decent amount of quality chances. And so in general, there's a stat called uh, goals minus expected goals. Mm-hmm. So the end result of that would be if it's a positive number, that means you're letting in kind of easier goals. You're kind of letting in goals that probably ones that you should probably stop. And her stat line is minus six goals. So six goals should have been scored, you know, normally off a normal keeper in a normal circumstance. But Kayleen has saved six of these shots that should be goals and she's denied them. So it that and, and that's the first and that's the highest goal differential expected goal differential of any goalkeeper in the league so that that right there is just something that's just wild and incredible in my eyes yeah it's super telling so that's that's really important to know because that plays into the clean sheet factor as well um but at the same time they are letting up a decent amount of chances to like you know create that sort of stat so uh gotham is also ninth in the league and expected goals allowed so they are giving up a decent amount of chances, so which is kind of tough to, you know, as a defense. I know that there are specific individual players that are doing really well this season, but at the same time, it is, you know, tough to let up those chances. So on a, on a not necessarily an unlucky day, but if, you know, their opponent is feeling strong and feeling confident, then, you know, they might convert some of those chances, uh, you know, on an average day. So that's kind of something to at least note while the defense is showing well and Kayleen is playing awesome, um, some of these chances are being created by the opposing team, if that makes sense. So they're getting chances, they're just not putting them away. Yes, in terms of the opponent. So the Gotham's defense is allowing a lot of good chances from the other team. They're just either not finishing or, you know, they'll hit the post or there's a couple deflections or, or they're, you know, blocking the shot that doesn't actually lead it to go on target as well. So um, not, having chances is not necessarily a bad thing. If you have a great goalie and you are able to block it or things like that. But uh, it's one of those gambling type things where you, you don't want to be risking it by allowing too many of these as well. Yeah. Agreed. But so, so that's an awesome piece of it. Um, and then moving on from that into the defense specifically, it's just, Caprice Didasco is just, at least in my opinion, the player of the season. She's fantastic. And it's been really fortunate that 
Um, she hasn't had really any injuries. She's actually fourth in the league in terms of minutes played, which is just incredible. Um, I know that uh, Gina Lewandowski and Estelle Johnson are also players that are pretty high up there as well in terms of minutes. So the defense in general has been able to stick together, build chemistry in terms of the minutes that they're playing, which is just key to keep that defense together and, and kind of allow you know communication and understanding between one another to kind of build throughout the season. So that's pretty awesome. But I mean, Caprice is just, <laughs> she's just really, really awesome in terms of she's second in the league in crosses. She's like fourth in interceptions and third in tackles one. And she's first in the league in total passes completed. It's just um, amazing what she's able to do. Um, and then in terms of just specifically defenders, she's uh, second in terms of combined expected goals plus expected assists. So wow. she's just creating a lot of great chances for not only herself, but also for, um, you know, her teammates as well in terms of her crosses. So she's just uh, incredibly dynamic. And uh, at least in my eyes, she's definitely Gotham's player of the season thus far. Yeah. And so she's come off her third ACL tear to just put that in perspective, how much she's elevated her game considering. Which is kind of crazy. As well, and I'm not sure if necessarily this is, you know, a, a tactic chosen by the manager, but she there's also another stat where it's called touch percentage. So mm-hmm. it basically asked or like it um, it looks at all the touches that all the players are uh, collecting throughout the game. And obviously, you know, for example, a goalkeeper will get, you know, very few touches because uh, it's normally saves and they're not normally dribbling the ball and things like that. But Caprice is actually first in the entire league in terms of touch percentages. So in, in terms of all the touches that Gotham is collecting, she attributes to 12% of that. So most of the times when they're Gotham is moving forward, they're moving to the attack. Most of the time it's coming down that right side and allowing Caprice to not necessarily be the point guard necessarily of the attack, but she determines a lot of times of where the attack is coming from. So it's kind of amazing that in terms of her injury history, that, uh, she's either feeling must be feeling really confident this season or um, you know she's getting a clean bill of health because you know the team is using her a lot so um, it's good that she's kind of held on strong thus far so so that's awesome um, I guess kind of moving a little bit more forward um, in terms of kind of the team as well as possession is something that Gotham does really really well and it's clear to see when Allie Long plays because not only is she fifth in terms of minutes played but her passes are are incredible because not only are they not necessarily like extravagant in terms of you know a 40 yard ball that's like straight to a point but she's very simple in the way that she plays and so she's 10th in terms of the league in terms of number of passes being played Um, but her pass percentage is first in the league so she has a 91 percent pass accuracy so if she's releasing a ball to a teammate there's a really, really good chance that it'll get there, which is huge for someone to be in that pivot central role to allow, you know, possession to keep flowing and the team to basically build up into the attacking third and to create chances on that. So it's it's a truly important key play player to have within your team uh, to kind of have that as, as someone that basically kind of keeps the flow moving because, you know, you want to build momentum and try to allow your attackers to, you know, have some chances. Uh, So Gotham are are fantastic at that. They do really, really well. Um, I think their overall pass percentage, um, they're first actually in the league in terms of overall, in terms of not only Alley, but other players as well are quite accurate. And they're the team that passes the most in the entire league. They they have actually the season 14,712 passes, uh, which is a, a good margin to be first in the league in terms of passes. So. They, they do well to move the ball around and, and connect it to other players. So that's really good in terms of moving the ball forward. And then in terms of the attack, when they eventually get to that point, it's clear when we've noticed that um, Purse has been out for a significant amount of time. And Anumanu has basically been kind of putting this on her shoulders while she's been out. And initially she had about like most of the proportion of goals being scored were just on Anamana's shoulders. Uh, she's actually en- like ended the league um, fifth in terms of total amount of goals with eights. And then Purse has ended the 
season with nine, which is just crazy because she's been out for so long. So it's wild to think that she's been able to recover this quickly. And um, obviously, you know, Gotham's in the playoffs, so which is great. But you also kind of wonder what happened is if she was healthy the entire time, like, would she just be like dominating this league in terms of goals or what, what would be going on? So it's, um, it's interesting to see uh, her goals per game, which is at about 0.59. So it's like every other game she's scoring a goal. So it's just, it's incredible form. And it'll be interesting to see how she kind of like leads into the attack in terms of facing Chicago. So um those two are just very, very lethal up top and probably one of the best combinations in terms of a pairing um, up top and across the league. Yeah, to your last two points, uh, with Allie Long, going back and just watching her game film game after game, the one thing she does, almost think better than almost anybody else, is check her shoulders. She's mm-hmm. always like, there was a, I took a 12 second clip from the last game that we had, and there was a run that she made where she checked her shoulders 12, 10 times in 12 seconds. And she's able to know where everybody is, move away from pressure, move into pressure, and then play that great ball. She knows where everybody is on the field. And it really speaks to how she completes all those passes because she just has that feeling for the game. She does all the fundamentals right. And then the second part, when you're talking about Iffy and Purse, yeah, Purse has been on a tear. But I do feel like Anamanu is doing all the dirty work underneath. That's freeing Midge up to do what she does. So I I, I put more stock in Iffy's performance elevating purses at kind of this point. Right. Yeah. Cause she uh Iffy is also leading the team in, in assists as well. And also in the league, she's fifth in terms of total goals or sorry, total assists that she's um kind of helped out her teammates. So it's it's impressive to kind of see her not only contributing to goals herself, but also to her set of her teammates, which is just a, a dynamic player to not only better yourself, but better your teammates, uh, which is just, you know, the value is just so high at that point when, when if he's able to do that. Yeah. All right. Uh, any other uh, Gotham breakdowns before we get to the game breakdown? Yeah. And I think actually this one last point will lead sort of nicely to the, the game because there's one metric that Gotham is last in, in terms of the entire league and Chicago is actually first. So, you know, feel free to, um, you know, point out if this is a difficult explanation or not, but we have uh, expected goals and we have expected assists. And if you subtract them, you get your expected goal differential, yeah. which is the same, you know, same process as a normal goals for goals against and then your normal goal differential. So if you have a goal differential of, let's say, five, where you've scored five more goals than you've let up, uh, and then you have an expected goals of about, let's say, three, then if you subtract those two, then you're scoring about two more goals than you're probably expected to, um, which means that your finishing is probably a little bit better than expected, or you know you might be... I won't say on the lucky side because that's kind of hard to prove necessarily, but you're kind of getting in that range where you're kind of pushing beyond what the probability is saying. And you're kind of on a hot run where you're going to be regressing back to the mean and not going to be finishing those chances as much anymore. So when you have the goal differential minus the expected goal differential, uh, Gotham is actually last in the league um, with 17.5 goals. So We'll say about 17 goals are above expected than what they are not only creating and, and scoring, but also preventing on, on the defensive side as well. So on the attacking side, they've been a, somewhat finishing has been great, but also maybe getting a little lucky with some goals. And then on the defensive side, it's the exact same thing where they're letting up a lot of great chances and they're not necessarily letting up as many goals as what they probably should be. And then on the flip side, Chicago has kind of struggled offensively where they have created a lot of great chances and the goals are just not finding the back of the net. So it's it's an interesting dynamic to see one team that, um, again, I don't want to say necessarily lucky because it could be great finishing, but there is kind of like the odds are are kind of uh, have been in favor in, in terms of Gotham this season and not necessarily with Chicago. And so if you have a one-off game 
uh, that's something to kind of keep in mind that, you know, throughout the season that this has been happening. And so, yeah, it's just kind of something to be aware of, I guess, in terms of not only the defensive side, letting up chances, but on the attacking side that, uh, you know, they're maybe finishing more than what they should be expected. Yeah, and with Chicago, there was a, a run of own goals that were scored by the other team. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and how does that figure into these stats? So generally, own goals are sort of excluded, um, especially within an expected goals model. Um, now, this is taken from American soccer analysis, so I, I guess I don't necessarily know the inputs that they're putting into their model, but own goals are <laughs> are kind of a, an anomaly in themselves where they're just a little weird and we don't necessarily know how they happen, and it's normally just a unluckiness. Um, but yeah, I think it was a total of five goals that they occurred within a very short amount of time, so I don't know how you can cause more of that <laughs> or what, but at one point it was, uh, I think leading the league in terms of goals scored at one point. So it was kind of wild. Yeah. There you go. That's, that's your way in expected own goals. That's your, yes. your <laughs> Indeed. So getting to this game on Sunday. So what, what do you think, what's your overall thoughts on this game coming up? I think it's going to be a really, really good matchup. I, I mean, both teams have have great talents on both sides. Like when you look at the rosters, it's something that is you look at the names across both of them. And obviously some teams, you know, or like both teams have injuries, but it's it's a it's still a very, very dominated uh, game that we'll see. And so, I mean, first, I'm just kind of fortunate that we can see st- such a great matchup. But yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I, I am very, very intrigued in, in particular on Chicago's defensive side where they are second in terms of shots on target allowed. So they do not allow many shots on target. And they are even with Gotham in terms of clean sheets. So their defense is also, or their defense is really, really strong. Um, even without Julie Ertz, that Sarah Gordon has been very impressive uh, so far this season. And Gotham, they don't take many shots on target. They're ninth in the league in shots on target, and they're actually 10th in terms of shots on target, um, like their percentage and the rate of shots that are on target divided by the total amount of shots that they take. But when they get their chances and actually finish that, they can produce some a good amount of goals. Uh, they're actually third in the league in goals scored in terms of 29 goals scored for Gotham this season. So... I think particularly on Chicago's like in Chicago's half in their defensive third, it'll be interesting to see how Gotham's attack with Iffy and purse, like if they're able to sneak through them or whatnot, or if they're able to, uh, if, I guess if Chicago's uh, able to hold, hold both of them. So that'll be an interesting matchup, especially with Sarah Gordon to see how that they can go up against them. No doubt. So any predictions? Ooh. Uh, I mean, I guess without, hopefully without bias, I, I would imagine it's probably going to be a low scoring game since um, both shared in on one side and then Chicago's defense on another. So I'm going to go one nil to Chicago Red Stars. Okay, I'm going one nil Gotham. Adam, this has been fun. We're definitely going to do this again. Next season, we'll get you on regularly because you're a wealth of knowledge and you really help us kind of break down the story of the game through statistics. And I really thank you for coming on. Not a problem, Gary. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate this opportunity. Indeed. And where can our listeners find your work? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter. So at NWSL Field Vision uh, or, or Field of Vision uh, is the Twitter name. So yeah, you can find me on there and feel free to follow or ask any questions about specific players and I'm happy to uh, respond to anyone who, who wants to know more. Sounds good. All right, everyone. That's the end of our regular season award show, episode 23 of soccer over Gotham for Adam Ruby and myself. We thank you for all tuning in. We will see you on the next one. Be kind to each other. Rate us on iTunes. Let's go Gotham. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Sunday can't come fast enough. Thanks again, Adam. We will talk to everybody soon.